Indiana has its second Big Ten game of the season on Saturday and a chance to move to 2-0. Let's get you caught up on everything you need to know. You are Locked On Hoosiers, your daily podcast on the Indiana Hoosiers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, guys? It is Friday, September 30th. This is Locked on Hoosiers, your one and only daily one-stop shop for everything IU Athletics. I'm your host, as always, Jacob Rude. want to thank you guys for making Locked on Hoosiers your first listen every single day. Today's episode is brought to you by Underdog. Uh, sign up on underdogfantasy.com with the promo code Locked On. And get your first deposit doubled up to $100. We'll talk more about them in a bit. Before we do that, let's uh, let's get everything we need to know about this, um, this IU game. And the chances they have at moving to 2-0. I'm trying to get underdog set up right now. I'm not uh, ignoring you guys. I want to get the, the over-unders pulled up uh, so we can talk about them here in a minute. But before before any of that... The basics, IU at Nebraska, 7.30 p.m. Saturday night. IU is going to be, I believe, the only game in the Big Ten on at 7.30, so they'll have the conference's attention at the very least. Uh, But it's going to be a very interesting game. In case you guys missed it, uh, we did a bigger preview on Nebraska in Thursday's episode. yeah, IU is going to be the only game. All other games tip off or kick off by 3.30. So all eyes on Indiana at Memorial Stadium, the one in Lincoln. Uh, but for most of us on Big Ten Network, Bet Online has this one. IU is 4.5 point underdogs plus 175 money line over under of 61 and a half. If you guys got the tone I was talking with yesterday, I feel pretty optimistic about this game. I can see a little bit of uh, not really believing Nebraska is this bad, kind of baked into this line. And look, IU hasn't been good necessarily. They've had uh, moments, uh, but I like this line for Indiana. I, I like four and a half. I really like plus 175. I honestly think I'm going to put some money down on the IU money line. Maybe also on that over-under, because I think this is going to be a shootout. 61 and a half um, feels low for what these offenses are capable of doing and what these defenses are incapable of doing. So uh, if you're feeling real frisky, an IU money line with an over-parlay could get you some big bucks. SP Plus, though, we we talk about them all the time, about how reliable they are. This would be me going completely against SP Plus, which largely hasn't been wrong. They did pick, I mean, they did pick Illinois and Western Kentucky to win. Illinois was literally a toss-up. Western Kentucky um, was, I think, by three points. But neither. it's not like IU outperformed them necessarily in either of those games. And this has Nebraska by 5.6 points. Projected score rounded up of 32 to 26 with Nebraska having a 63% win expectancy. So it'd be IU bucking the trends yet again if they're able to come away with this one. Um, 
there's only been one time so far this season that SP Plus has projected IU to win a game, and that was Idaho. So if IU wins this one, it'd be the fourth time they would best the projections. This would be their biggest kind of deficit uh, they've overturned when it comes to the SP Plus. The other ones were a good bit closer, but um, we'll see. IU's been capable of doing it, like I said. That money line looks really enticing to me. The last meeting between these two came in 2019. It was a notable meeting for Indiana uh, to come away with the victory. Uh, they were tied uh, 34 or 24-24, uh, and then a pair of touchdowns, one to close the third quarter, one early in the fourth quarter for Indiana, cut it to 38-24, um, or excuse me, extended it to 38-24. It was cut to 38-31. By Nebraska uh, on the ensuing drive, but IU held on for the final 10 minutes. At the time, that really felt like a defining victory for the program. I think it, it still is. I don't think that's a, an overstatement. Nebraska was ranked 25th at the time, uh, but to go on the road in the Big Ten and pick up a win, that is always tough to do it against a ranked team. Uh, a program with as much history as Nebraska, it was a big, it, it felt like our IU kind of cleared a hurdle in that one. And, and uh, that 2019 season really set the table for 2020. This was one of the biggest wins of that 2019 season. Um, and it clinched bowl eligibility. IU was six and two at that point. So a really big win. Peyton Ramsey threw, threw for 351 yards. Watt Fillier caught 14 passes for 178 yards. Uh, would love to have both of those guys back, as well as Stevie Scott, who had 109 yards from scrimmage and a touchdown. Uh, that team was a lot of fun. I honestly really miss that team. So uh, we'll see if the Hoosiers are, are able to replicate that historically surprisingly IU leads the series against Nebraska 10 eight and three uh, the only other meeting in the current iteration of the Big Ten came in 2016 uh, when IU fell 27 22 that was another ranked Nebraska team and that was IU leading 24 22 with uh, eight and a half minutes left um, and then losing or they were trailing just 24 22 with eight and a half minutes left and then losing. I, I remember that game for a fumble that should have been a fumble for Nebraska that was overturned in the booth and just one of those moments where IU doesn't seem to get any of the breaks. Um, it, it's frustrating. It's a recurring trend. Uh, but IU, this was the, the era of IU being so close yet so far away. Um, Xander Diamant threw seven passes in that game. I do enjoy him. I don't know that I want him under center. Um, Mitchell Page caught nine passes for 101 yards, had 108 total yards from scrimmage. So it was a wonky game, but one that uh, IU nearly pulled out. Uh, before that, the two sides had not met since 1978, uh, and most of their games come between 1936 and 1978. But still, IU has gotten the better of them. So... Um, it's going to be interesting if IU can continue that trend. It, I think they can. Uh, and we'll look at some of the storylines uh, heading into this one. 
Before that, though, let's talk about Underdog. It's what it's our sponsor for this episode. It's the easiest place to spice up college football this season. Um, and like I said, I have it pulled up. Let's take a look at some of the pickums for this week. Connor Bazelak over under 254.5 passing yards. That feels like a pretty easy over. This is a really bad Nebraska defense. Sean Shivers, 85.5 rushing yards. I don't know. Depends on on um, what you think IU's game plan is going to look like, uh, because it's not a matter of whether Nebraska will stop them. It'll be a matter of whether that's what IU wants to do. Similarly, Cam Camper ninety five point five receiving yards. I would take. I would hammer the over on that as well. Um, there's a pretty good argument for taking uh, the over on all three of these. We'll see. I that would be a really good offensive output for um Indiana. I I don't know that is just feels risky. Uh you can look at Nebraska's Casey Thompson over under 244.5 passing yards, Anthony Grant over under 100.5 rushing yards, Trey Palmer 66.5 receiving yards. If you think this is going to be a shootout, take all the overs. Uh, and went up to 20 times your money. Uh, it's easy. It's simple. It's a lot of fun. Gives you an added source uh, for excitement on game days. Um, and it, it, they're right now they're they're doubling your first deposit. They're giving you money. It's easy to play. Available in over 30 states. You just pick two to five players across any team, not just your team. Uh, and one of the easiest fantasy to play games out there, and you can win cold hard cash in a single game. So sign up with the promo code Locked On, all one word, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to a hundred dollars. Uh, so deposit a hundred dollars, get a hundred dollars. Go to UnderdogFantasy.com or find the Underdog Fantasy app in the App Store and Google Play Store. Uh, that's Underdog Fantasy promo code Locked On. Get in on the college football pick'em action this week. Big thanks to all you guys for making us your first listen every day or your first watch every day. Uh, head on over to YouTube, subscribe over there. We upload the podcast daily. Let's take a look at some of the storylines that I think will be worth noting or monitoring in this game. First one, honestly, is just how good is Nebraska really? It's one of those odd situations. This kind of feels like a defining game uh, in the season for them where... Um, you learn whether this is actually a really bad team or it's a team that maybe is able to rally around losing Scott Frost and salvage at least something, some pride out of this season. If you look at the stats, the raw stats, um, they say Nebraska is really bad. And we talked about, especially defensively, Nebraska has been really bad. Some of the advanced numbers like SP plus and Vegas all say, Maybe not so much. They might be bad, but they're not as bad as IU is. So which one is it going to be? Uh, and, I mean, it could still be both. They could be bad. IU sneaks one out, similar to how they did against Illinois, Idaho, Western Kentucky, where you come away thinking, eh, Indiana might not have been the better team there. Ultimately, it's, it, I, I'm not going to make any prediction on that front because IU just hasn't been consistent enough to do that. But 
Nebraska, based on the numbers we have in front of us, have not been a good football team. Now they've had a bye week to kind of fix some of their issues, and maybe they they did fix them. Uh, but from what we've seen and what we have to look at, this has not been a good team. And, and IU could really add to their misery. But it's going to be a matter of, of the second thing I'll be watching. How does IU bounce back from its first loss? IU um, escaped through the first three weeks without losses. Now that they finally got bit and uh, some of their silly games they couldn't get away with this time, how does IU bounce back from that? And that's going to be really important in this game. Are they going to learn some of the lessons that they've been uh, that they should have learned from in previous weeks and apply that to a new game? Are they going to continue making the same mistakes? Um, any of those things, if they continue making the same mistakes, this is going to be a really long and frustrating season. If they're able to apply some of their, uh, some of those corrections on those mistakes and improve as a team, then this could be a really interesting and intriguing year and maybe a year that ends in a bowl game. So we'll see. It's This is just such a, a weird game to kind of predict um, because it, I don't have a great sense of what Nebraska is. One side, I, I really believe in the advanced numbers almost all the time, but it, it's something about it, having watched them, having seen the numbers doesn't sit right with Nebraska and, but IU is a team that would fully be able to let them off the hook if they were given the opportunity. So ultimately can IU put together a whole game? That's the last thing I'm looking for to win a road game on in the big 10. You're going to have to compete uh, consistently for the entire game. You can't do this half and half stuff. Um, and get away with it. I would be stunned if they were able to do that again, even as as bad as Nebraska is. You can't um, give a team an entire half to score as many points as they want, basically, as they seemingly did against Cincinnati, and then try to storm back in the second half. You're not going to get away with that, and not on the schedule anymore this season. So is IU going to be able to put together a full 60 minutes? Because if they do that, that I feel really good about their chances of winning on Saturday, but I'm asking them to do something. They really haven't come close to doing uh, this season so far. There's always been one half that they have stunk to be quite honest. Are they able to, to get rid of that half to get rid of those slow starts? Tom Allen talked about it this week. He was going to make changes so that um, the, the slow starts hopefully went away. Is he able to implement those changes and get rid of them? Because uh, they are Indiana shooting itself in the foot at the start of the game by just spotting the team X number of points seemingly at the beginning of each game. So that'll be worth noting in this one as well. Let's look at some specific matchups that could determine this game, uh, both offensively and defensively for IU here in just a moment. Three matchups I'm going to be watching, um, and they're they're all over the place. If I'm being honest, I use secondary versus Casey Thompson. I use secondary versus everybody. This season has not been good, and it's a it's really odd because the secondary has a lot of talent. Uh, I don't know if Tom Allen's put too much trust in them to win their one on one battles, and they haven't. 
but the result has been um, Western Kentucky has diced them up a bit. Uh, not a bit, a lot. Cincinnati did all throughout the first half. Idaho even had moments with some long completions. For about three quarters of that Illinois game, uh, they could not slow down the Illinois passing game. So is IU ever really going to be able to figure things out in the secondary and to have a strong performance? Because Casey Thompson is able is capable of dicing Indiana up if they do not get things figured out. Now, that doesn't all fall entirely on the secondary because the second matchup I'm going to be watching is I use front seven versus Nebraska's offensive line. As we mentioned on Thursday, I'm going to keep referencing that. You guys can go listen to that to get some more insight. Nebraska's offensive line might be worse than Indiana's. So I would expect IU to dial up some pressure uh, and really try to force the issue. Do a lot of the things that other teams do to them to Nebraska in this one. And they have a long playbook of things that teams have done to IU's offensive line that have uh, caused them some disarray. So IU's front seven, are they going to be able to get to the quarterback? Are they going to be able to uh, make life miserable for Thompson? Are they going to be able to slow down Anthony Grant without having to change formations around and leaving defenders uh, in the secondary on islands to make plays and whatnot? Whatever they found in that second half against Cincinnati, I I wish they could bottle it up and apply it moving forward because it it felt like the perfect balance, even if Cincinnati was uh, playing a little conservative, um, it felt like the perfect balance to be able to make big plays defensively. Indiana's kind of lost its way a bit and maybe is overthinking things a bit too much uh, when it comes to the defense. You look back to that Illinois game, they look like a Tom Allen defense, even with moments of uh, the, of improvement needed. Felt like they've gotten further and further away from that. Uh, we'll see if they're able to, to find that kind of mojo again in this one against a, a, an offensive line that is going to provide the opportunities for the Hoosiers to uh, really strike and make this one interesting. Last one I'll be watching. Connor Bazelak versus the Nebraska defense. Nebraska's defense is not good uh, in any way. They haven't slowed down the pass. They haven't slowed down the run. They haven't gotten to the quarterback. So in theory, there should be time for Connor Bazelak to sit back, survey his options, and make passes not under duress. In theory. Uh, And if that's the case... What type of Connor Bazelak are we going to get? Is it one that led uh, the touchdown drive against Illinois or the third quarter against Idaho? Or is it one that the first half against Cincinnati looked well out of sorts uh, and the first half against Idaho did not look well at all? Um, which version of that are we going to get? Because he, he determines a lot about how successful the Hoosiers are going to be offensively. And if he is able to um, be efficient, complete passes at a rate that he did prior to coming to IU and not turn the ball over, I feel uh, I would feel good about IU's chances. He struggled with some of those things throughout recent weeks. We don't need the up and down performance. We need a consistent, um, strong performance from him on Saturday. If you put all that together... IU could come out of this 4-1, which feels like 
all things considered, as bad as IU's looked at times, as weird as these first uh, this first month has been, if IU comes out of this game Saturday four and one, over the moon excited. Uh, my goal this season was just improvement. IU's already gotten to three wins. Uh, doubling their win total from last year would be a massive improvement. So we'll see if they are able to come away with a victory that few are predicting them to. Um, thanks again, guys, though, for making Locked on Hoosiers your first listen every day. We'll be back with you on Monday to recap that episode or that game uh, and hopefully talk about a Hoosier victory. Know what your team is up against across the Big Ten with Locked On Big Ten. Everyday host Nate Dickinson and the local experts of Locked On take you across the Big Ten in 30 minutes. Make Locked On Big Ten your second listen. Locked On Big Ten. I'll be on there uh, tomorrow, or I guess today as you're listening to this, talking about more potential expansion for the Big Ten uh, and who they might be eyeing to add to the conference. Follow us on Twitter. If you have not already, we'll be live tweeting the game. We'll have a instant reaction to the, the game uh, Saturday night. Uh, so follow us at LO underscore Hoosiers. Subscribe to the podcast. Leave a quick rating and review. All that helps us out a ton. But most importantly, guys, have a terrific Friday. Uh, hope you have a great weekend. Let's go Hoosiers and LEO.